No, I don't. That's the long one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, there's a radio edit? Yeah, there's a cut down. I play the cut down version. The um the long one with the organ is for special occasions. Um, oh my god! <laughs> but when we're just when we're just normally going, I just you know you go straight into the kazoo. Sorry. <laughs> Can we keep this in, by the way? <laughs> um, yeah, we can we can we can see how it see how it plays. A nice cold open. <laughs> And welcome to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through Golden Globe nominee, The Crown. My name is Sam Chung, and today we'll be talking about the events of Season 1, Episode 7, entitled Scientia Potentia Est. Basically, knowledge is power in a dead language. Uh, joining me, as always, are my two wonderful co-hosts. First, just another guy who paints landscapes. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, if you could paint any landscape, what would it be? Oh, wow. I'm, I wasn't ready for this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn it, Sam. <laughs> Some of these are a little too high concept. <laughs> uh, I would paint the uh, U.S. State Department briefing room. You know, I'm very excited to see that painting when you're all when you're all finished with it. Um, also joining us today, don't look now, but this woman might be outside chopping down all of your trees. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin is uh, chopping down trees outside a house you haven't bought yet, but you hope to get one day. A bitch move or a baller move? Oh man, it's kind of a baller move because then, like, <laughs> if you don't get the house, the owner, like, your mark is there. They'll never forget you. No. He took their tree away. <laughs> and they can watch you do it through the window. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, before we get too deep into this podcast, as always, just want to say right off the bat, if you came here because you are curious about whether the events that happened in The Crown are factually accurate, uh, you want to know, for example, did Queen Elizabeth really have a tutor named Professor Hogg? Um, we have no idea. We are just going based on what happened in the crown, and we're assuming that it's all correct. Uh, but before we, you know, dive into some of the minutia, Carlin, you have a recap of this episode that you have been very much wanting to talk about for I feel like some time now. Yeah, I mean, look, I just love episodes where like you fully realize how unlike prepared and like unqualified people are to do their jobs. It's it's wonderful. So we have baby Elizabeth. We we get to learn sort of like what is up with the education system for the royals. And it turns out you get like a tutor. And then when they're like, okay, you can advance to the next level. Baby Elizabeth gets to go without Margaret to Eton College, which by the way, I don't know anything about it, but like everyone I know who says it's like super cool and exclusive and they don't let girls in, which makes me really want to go there even more. So Eton College, please let me in. I will even take the baby classes like. I want to go. And basically, 
Elizabeth gets to go to Eden and get some private lessons. And she's like, hey, am I learning what all the other kids are learning? And the and the he was a vice dean, vice something, I don't know, important guy in this school was like, no, math and like reading is undignified. You're going to learn about the Constitution. So I guess that's what she learned. And then, you know, fast forward 20 years or so, maybe more than that. I don't really know how old anyone is. But basically, Elizabeth realizes that when she tries to talk to, like, anyone who has a job that they were hired to do, a.k.a. Winston Churchill, everyone in cabinet, foreign dignitaries, everyone, they are more educated than her. And she feels like she cannot hold her own in conversations with them because she only knows about dogs and horses. And, you know, I guess she just isn't satisfied with that. Meanwhile, our best friend Tommy, he's like, hey, I'm retiring, which like, honestly, he looks so young. So like, I don't really know how old he's supposed to be, but like, maybe he gets a young retirement. Not really sure. But he's like, yeah, so I'm retiring. And there's like a succession to this position that he has. It's like, you know, it's real fancy. And he's like, yeah, so I'm going to put this guy Michael in charge of you. And like Elizabeth's like, wait, I want my man Martin to do it because he's younger. And then we could have like a fresher time. And, you know, so then we have to go through, like, seeing if Elizabeth can get Martin to get the job. And then the last storyline is our boy Winston here. He like, He's, like, old and sickly. But then, like, wait, I think they were going to go talk to Eisenhower. I want to say it was some foreign American dignitary that they had to, like, have an actual conversation because our friends the Soviets have H-bombs and it's real serious. And so, you know, we got to talk to the Americans about it. But of course, Winston has a bunch of strokes and Antony, his second in command, has like, what was it? Gallbladder problems? Like all these men are sick and dying and they're like, hey, please don't tell Elizabeth. <laughs> this is a real bad look for us. And so basically Elizabeth goes through like the process of getting a tutor because she's like, I, I need to learn things while also being completely swept under the rug once again by her government who doesn't want to tell her about the um the dying men. And then, you know, our boy Martin, he preemptively decides that like he's definitely going to get this job because Elizabeth like asked him to do it. So he and his wife like straight up drive over to Tommy's house and they start trying to make landscaping decisions. But of course, the rumors spread and it gets back to Tommy and he gets royally pissed because he's just like, are you guys kidding? Like, you didn't even get the job. This is so presumptuous. You see, you know what happens to that man? He gets axed. And then our boy Michael ends up getting getting the job. So congratulations, Michael. And then in the end, someone, I don't remember who this was, but someone finally told Elizabeth about like the the men in her cabinet that are dying and then she gets to give them a little a little whipping like bad boys you guys don't do that again do not leave me government list while i am trying to learn how to read or whatever it was she was learning how to do and that was the episode thanks carlin so yeah a ton happened in this episode but i think we have to start at the beginning and we flash back to 1940 and carlin like you mentioned we're at eaton college the queen is learning basically like only speak to the person on your right when you're at dinner. Um, the bell rings and there's all these like children walking around in top hats. I don't know, Ivan, uh, would you like to attend Eden College? Oh, that is a hard pass for me. <laughs> um, in fact, I mean, I know you want to talk about Eaton right now, but I feel like I just have to get my initial impressions of this episode off my chest. 
So once upon a time, like I had an aversion to anything and everything related to stories about royalty, nobility, basically like all the these, you know, hoity-toity British period dramas just put me to sleep. Now, I am older and much more mellow and boring myself nowadays. Now I love this stuff. Now, now I just eat it up. But this episode... I feel like you could show to, you know, a 15-year-old version of myself who is prejudiced against all of this boring hoity-toity stuff, and this episode would validate all of those prejudices. (laughs) The stakes have never been lower. Like, I mean, my goodness, not not my favorite so far. Let me just start with that. You didn't like this episode? I thought that this episode had, I mean, I found it to be humorous. Maybe I was just watching it ironically. But no, I it was, it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious as well. <laughs> there, there was indeed an absurdity to to a lot of the stuff that was happening, and and uh, and how much you know pettiness and backstabbing was occurring over something that you know one could you know make an argument for being extremely trivial. Like to t- to that effect, I like it because like y- you could see how seriously everyone was taking all these situations. A- and granted, you know, like Soviet Union, like you know, a bombs, like I- that subplot maybe has some weight to it. Uh, I'll admit, but you know, p- picking who was going to be the uh, private secretary to succeed Tommy. Uh, oh boy, I mean, yeah, like I said, stakes have never been lower. I don't know. I thought we got everybody at their very best in this episode. Like. We got Queen Mother being just absolutely snarky. We got Tommy just being his asshole, like peak asshole self. You know, you had Elizabeth just going through all the emotions. I don't know. I just, I thought it was a fun watch. Like, I just am utterly, I don't, so personally for me, like, I do find these episodes where it's just like these very weird humanizing angles of like the most, like you said, it's like the most trivial, strange thing that you wouldn't expect anyone of any importance to number one be in this situation. Like it's, I don't know. I just find it really interesting to see her struggle so much and like feel so unprepared and vulnerable. And like, I I do quite enjoy weird episodes like this. I will admit the Tommy storyline didn't interest me until Tommy started like handing out lashings to Martin. Good times. Wow, but no, I yeah, Queen Mother was getting like pissy. <laughs> this is like, the first time she like directly hurled an insult. It was like a a mallet to Elizabeth. And finally, someone mentioned the fact that she never does anything with her kids. Like even in an episode where like her parenting is being like critiqued, she still doesn't interact with Charles or Anne. Like I I am completely convinced that she never hugs these children like at all. I mean, are they missing out on much at this point? Like, let's be real. I their par- <laughs> I I just want to know if like Elizabeth and the kids can read at the same reading level. I don't know if the kids get more education like as all the generations go by because they all keep realizing that they can't all be idiots and like keep <laughs> keep their position in life. Because I feel like I, yeah, you know, if um if like little baby George if he doesn't <laughs> get an education, he can't make it in this world. Yeah. But I, yeah, so I just find that whatever spurred the generations to start actually going to school, good for them, I guess. Yeah, and I wonder Philip must have gone to school, right? They didn't anticipate him. You know, there was a chance he might not be a royal person, so he get, he's got to have some for like degree of education. And I guess he furthers his uh his cultural knowledge by going to his lunch club. Like <laughs> what does Liz do to really like learn about things? I, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm just really, I love the fact that she just knows nothing. 
like i forgot what it was what they were talking about it was like something where like she should at least have like a little little baby amount of knowledge oh no it was reading the newspaper in like one of the earlier scenes and i feel like she couldn't understand what was in the article like it was that level (laughs) einstein has changed his mind about what oh i don't know well i feel like really in fairness in fairness like if you're going to start learning about something, maybe learning about Einstein, a guy whose name has become synonymous with being literally the smartest person, is probably too high a bar <laughs> to start out with. Maybe like set your bar a little bit lower. Oh my god! But yeah, no, I just highly enjoy like watching Elizabeth flounder and like have little baby Kill Bill sirens going off in her head every single time. Like it's in any way reference that she needs to like read or comprehend or know facts about anything. And then we had some Eisenhower flavor in here. Like, wow, I forgot the U.S. existed. Look at us always making our way into British TV. The fact that uh, Eisenhower never made his way to England was very upsetting to me, I will say. I really wanted to see Liz implement her learnings for Same. esteemed president Dwight, <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower. Okay, that, that that was the thing. I feel like there was a lot of narrative tension kind of build, building up to that, and we didn't even get that payoff. Like, again, <laughs> very little could have saved this episode for me, but that had potential to kind of stick a landing, and, and, then, and then we got nothing. The stakes have never been lower. But do you not see the beautiful irony in, like, technically the world stage being so high? Because, like, we're talking about atomic bombs and, like, Winston's so scared. And then you just have Elizabeth, like, reading. I don't, I like I said, I think she's at an elementary school level with that tutor. Like, I maybe she read an Eisenhower book that was made for middle schoolers. I don't really know. But I just find that so funny. And I feel like that's probably what happens most of the time in her life is she just gets like some real low level stuff going on while like everyone else in the government is like dying. Well, like apparently in this case, literally dying. That's some bad timing. Like, wow, Winston and Anthony both having like horrible medical problems. I buy it. I did love the scene at the State Department when uh, Eisenhower sees uh, uh, the foreign secretary just like completely passed out uh, uh, in one of the, uh, you know, kind of uh, chairs in the in the hallway lobby and just basically kind of lamenting like, oh, yeah, there, there, there's a <laughs> there's a perfect encapsulation of what Britain is today. Could you imagine if you just see someone dead and you're just like, oh, yes, symbolism. That was real rough. He looked like one of those PSAs where it's like your friend has gotten drunk on a party and then everybody's like sharp, like drawing Sharpie on his face. He just looked so bad and he was like bleeding through his shirt. What did he have? What makes you bleed through your shirt like that? And Well, because he got a shot. Yeah, they gave him a shot on the plane. Yeah, and then they didn't give him a a Band-Aid, I guess. I don't know. What kind of a shot makes you bleed that much? Whatever. This man is, um, he doesn't have very good medical personnel, which is apparently why he needs to stay in America to get his gallbladder surgery because, you know, we have, we have high fat diets. But not just that. He needs to go from DC up to Boston. He's got to go travel again to, uh, fix his gallbladder issue. We feel very bad for Anthony Eden, although do we really because he's kind of proven himself over the past couple episodes to be not that great a guy, but he does get this line out of Winston Churchill, which I did appreciate. Yes, all right. Yes, I need you there, Anthony. I think we're all agreed. I need you. (laughs) Oh my God, the the best. Uh, I... (laughs) 
watched that scene and I immediately thought like, oh no, I, 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 I know what's going to happen with this scene when we record this podcast episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we oh don't write these lines, but we are just, but humble messengers here. <laughs> truly, truly. But there, there was a time where I could have gone through my life, watched this episode, heard that line, not thought much of it. And then you two have just messed me up now. Yep. That's us. That's us. I mean, that's what happens when the younger guy is still like 70 years old. Wait. Okay. Yeah. So, so Anthony Eden, he was, he was the one that was kind of making a play at, uh, at taking the, the seat away from Winston several episodes ago, right? The same guy. Yeah. yeah. But now he's Winston's right hand man, essentially. I think he always was. I think he was just going to be a little traitorous before. And now he's like back down. Right. I, I wow. Don't, I don't know. There's, don't know. there's several right hand, there's several right hand men. You know, you have Anthony. And Eden, it's always men. You've got Bobbity. You have Josh. Where's Bobbity? What happened to Bobbity? Bobbity was he, here. Bobbity he was, yeah, was here. I fully approve of Winston and Anthony dying so Bobbity can become the head of the Conservative Party and therefore the head of um, the British government. Like, can you imagine, like, Elizabeth thinks everything's fine? She just waltzes in for her little meeting, and then in comes Bobbity. And she's just like, what? Bobbity got his ass handed to him at the end of this episode, (laughs) and I loved it. Oh my God, Bobbity! I can't wait. It was Bobbity the one who told Elizabeth like what was going on? I did not keep track of what who that man was. They all look the same no, to me. I'm totally honest. That you was guys. Jock. Jock was, was the oh, guy yeah. who um. Oh my God. Who Liz, Who Elizabeth calls to the the palace because she wants yep. his opinion on uh you know choosing her her secretary and he mm-hmm. just is like he's been told not to but he's like. Oh yeah, everybody is ill. Is is Jock that guy from uh, the smog episode that didn't deliver the weather report, or or is that somebody else? I feel like that was. I mean, Jock looks uh, similar to many of the they people all, that we've seen. They all look alike. Yeah. Yeah. No offense to all these um British government people, but I can keep track of Winston. I I intend all the offense in the world when speaking about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but, god. I don't know if this is just like me, but like I genuinely feel like they like knocked out the I just want to keep talking about Elizabeth. I actually found this storyline very profound. <laughs> I mean, this this episode probably has like the most like singular focus on Elizabeth than any other episode so far. Like because because we didn't have any Philip really, uh, except no, for uh, a decisive scene at the end. Um, oh and God. then uh, no, no Margaret either. So it really like there weren't a ton of uh, uh, familial distractions here. Like it was just Elizabeth. And and again, like, you know, her big storyline was, of course, um you know, in, in addition to catching up to a third grade reading level, she also was trying to get her way and have Martin become her new private secretary. And like, fool me, you know, twice, shame on me. But like, I, I felt like this was finally going to be the episode where Elizabeth gets her way, where she finally gets to just completely disrupt tradition and, and you know, just break new ground and be a pioneer and, and do away with the old ways. And she couldn't even get this. Has she done any? It's so interesting because, like, you have to assume that within the reign of, like, how many years has she been queen? Like, a very long time. At least 70 years. I think it might be longer than that. Like, you have to assume that some major changes have been made. But, like, watching the show, you sort of get the impression that, like, those changes happened 
to her rather than like changes she actually implemented. It'll be interesting to see if that like stays that way or if this is just like her early decade is her like floundering completely. I just feel like episode after episode, she just makes a play at ruffling feathers and, and, and you know, really exercising her power. And, and it just it never comes to fruition. She is always just just runs up against the brick wall, a brick wall by the name of Tommy. Yeah. And that being very, I mean, Tommy is kind of back and forth because Tommy is the same guy who I feel like just a couple episodes was telling Liz that, you know, it was a different situation and she's a different sovereign. But now he's here just um, pushing tradition. And they've been so scarred by David. They yeah. have some serious PTSD that they need to sort through with, with regard to the abdication. Uh, there were multiple times throughout this episode where I just yelled at the TV, get over the fucking abdication already. <laughs> no. I do think it's interesting to sort of like, as much as it like can be very boring, to have this very singular focus on like an internal struggle that like doesn't really have like she doesn't really find necessarily a solution to this i mean like okay she had her little moment because she like knew the constitution but like ultimately she didn't solve the problem of like oh wow like she's is she ever going to be able to get over this feeling of like it kind of felt like imposter syndrome in a way where like the crown is sort of this interesting position where like it is technically part of the government but it's not like you have to have like government level credentials to be there And I can see why that would be like almost kind of scary if you ever got to a point where like you went out of the blissful ignorance of like Queen Mother who was just like, yeah, you know, you can just sit around and do nothing. But like where you realize like, oh, wow, I want to make a difference, but I have like no knowledge to do that. Like I did think that was a really interesting sort of thing to play with because that's like something you wouldn't ever see the real queen talking about because obviously that makes you look weak. So I, 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 I was digging it like character stuff and Eisenhower I really love how he was like the most difficult subject to learn like it wasn't like she was gonna go to like a luncheon with some like dukes and had to like be able to talk about real estate or something it was like Eisenhower and this man loves like the military industrial complex like stuff that I genuinely don't know anything about and I've like taken history classes it was great I whoever wrote this was funny they knew how to make me laugh well I mean they flip it around at the end right because in the end, it turns out Liz has the only education that matters. She knows the Constitution inside and out, so she gets a little bit of redemption there, and now I guess she can fire her tutor, because that's all she really needed. I just want this to be a continual storyline where like every, every episode she gets bumped up with some new subject she doesn't know anything about, just has to keep bringing the tutor back in. <laughs> I, I hope that happens and i don't like i assume yeah i hope this happened in real life and like off screen this, this man just keeps showing back up i also like to assume that she um had to sit in with uh our boy charles in his classes she has to you know she has to one-up him i liked the tutor i thought the tutor seemed funny i would he like was, him as my tutor if you're getting an eaten tutor that man's probably the the most fun i will say carlin yes and i, I really hate to just shatter your hopes and dreams here if there is any storyline depicted in the crown that i would make a bet didn't happen (laughs) it's probably this whole tutor (laughs) storyline you know it almost is too character driven for it to be real but you know what i like to think that elizabeth is fully aware of the fact that she has no education because, I mean, I don't know this, but, like, I'm pretty sure Charles went to college. So, like, it's assumed that he went to school. So, I guess somewhere along the line, someone was like, hey, let's uh, let's tutor the monarch. Because, yeah, I mean, baby George, he goes to, like, fancy preschool. So, he's getting an education. At least he'll do it. 
I hope he gets a master's degree. Let's get a doctor. Let's get a full on. Yeah, remember they were like, yeah, no college lecturer for the sovereign. No, let's get an actual college lecturer for the sovereign. All right. So I have a question to posit to you both. Who does getting ready for somebody to visit the castle better? The Crown or Downton Abbey? I, you know, I think in Downton Abbey, we just get an excruciating level of detail of, of like the, the preparations <laughs> that go into it, like down to them, you know, polishing the silverware. And, and, and we occasionally get like those types of shots in the crown as well. But like Downton Abbey, like really wants you to know that like this place is going to be so spotless. You guys like get excited. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, with, with the crown, I think people, it's just kind of assumed that like, anybody who visits Buckingham Palace or any other location that the the family's hosting like is going to be less focused on the decor and the detail of the place and more just on the fact that they're meeting with one of the most powerful people in the world. Well, we did get that montage here where they're like washing all the, or I don't know, I guess like shining all the plates. And then they have that table that's it feels like 200 people at least can sit at that table. Yeah. Yeah, but but like those those shots of them shining the plates like that is 60% of Downton Abbey's runtime. <laughs> like that's that, that that's all you ever see in that show. So you're saying too too many plates in Downton Abbey. The Crown, we we prefer the Crown. Uh yeah, the the, the Crown has a little bit more restraint uh in that area. And then when the guy never shows up, you get to see them tearing it all down. <laughs> is that something that you see in Downton Abbey? Uh, you know what? No, because in Downton Abbey, like, I don't think anybody ever cancels these appointments because they have nothing else to do. <laughs> nothing better. Like Eisenhower has a country to run. He has like international crises to avert. Like, you know, in, in Downton Abbey, you know, uh, cousin Blendingham, it, it, like he has nothing else going on that weekend. I will confess. I've never seen Downton Abbey. So <laughs> <laughs> that I is was... a mistake, Sam, because Downton Abbey is great. You just spent like five minutes disparaging it. Well, that you you thought that was me disparaging it. That was me praising it. Like I eat that stuff up. You just said we preferred the crown. You were like, oh, they shine. They just shine oh, no, plates no, no. Well, for sixty no, no, no. percent well, of the no, movie. No, no, no. You, you asked. You asked me. You asked me who does it better. Who 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 readies the house or the palace better for a visit? And like. I, I would say the crown because like they they're more efficient about it and they don't need to put as much excruciating detail. But like the detail that they put into all of that in Downton Abbey is pretty riveting to watch. Like, I mean, there was a reason I stuck around for six seasons in a movie. Are you saying that we are watching the, like you are a bigger fan of uh, Downton Abbey? Did we choose the wrong show to podcast about? Sam, I would never <laughs> want to do a podcast about Downton Abbey. <laughs> Downton Abbey is basically this episode of The Crown, but for six seasons. Like, <laughs> like I'm complaining about how low the stakes are in this episode. Like, Downton Abbey, like, had a really tough time winning me over. Like, because I think that was during my transformative era of, like, starting to care about British period pieces. And at first I was like, uh, not for me. And then by, you know, season two or three, I was hooked. So you're saying the reason that you like The Crown now is because you watched Downton Abbey and Downton Abbey really transformed you. Sam, will you just let this go? <laughs> <laughs> like, am, am I on trial here? <laughs> okay, straight up. We have not talked about Philip yet, who, by the way, I forgot was in this episode. Did he show up? Why was he so horny? Like... And by the way, y'all didn't believe me that there was some overt blowjob. 
scene <laughs> in the show, this was it. And I again, I don't where this come from. She could get on her knees. Why was he like that? What happened over the weekend? Okay, so he said that, but then she did a weird smile. <laughs> I, I this doesn't feel canon. I I don't think. Queen Elizabeth has ever given a single blowjob. Like, if you are queen, this is like the ultimate time where you can just be like, no, no, you get on your knees and there's no other options. Like, ma'am, this is where you assert your power. Come on. And she's not going to do it because it's Elizabeth. But if Margaret was queen, I I'd see her pushing, pushing Peter around like that. Carlin, I have a theory. Like, let's, let's go. And, 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 and it's not one that paints Philip in a pretty good light. That's um, fine. I would imagine he attempted to have an extramarital affair over the weekend while he was gone. He didn't score, and now he's coming back to his wife and looking for satisfaction. Like, and and I know that sounds terrible, but like this is Philip we're talking about. Oh no, I fully believe that story. I'm just mad that like this whole sequence didn't end with Elizabeth being like no and walking away. I don't like that it was implied that she was like okay with it. Ma'am, have some dignity. You just learned to read at a fourth grade level. Like, oh, by the way, didn't mention this yet, but did anyone else notice when Queen Mother was like, you like when Elizabeth's like, you gave me no education? She's like, it was more than Margaret got. As if Margaret <laughs> is being implied to be like the lowest level of just like bimbo that exists in this household. Like, poor Margaret. Yeah. Where's her education episode? She might not even know how to read. I mean, Margaret has the the benefit of just being able to enjoy her life. Like she doesn't need to, she doesn't have all the duties and responsibilities that Elizabeth does. Like she just gets to like have fun and party. And, you know, I, I think she's living her best life and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, she absolutely is. I just want to know if she can do math, like any, any kind of math. She has people that can do math for her. <laughs> It's true. I want to know who we're little. They must have like little private secretaries that follow them around everywhere. And I just want to know what, like, what did Margaret's secretary get to do? I bet she did get to do math and reading comprehension and things like that. Good. I mean, yeah. Wow. That's actually that's the good life. You just you don't have to do anything but party. Like, what does Margaret even have to do? Not much besides apparently get um jerked around by Elizabeth when she wants to get married. Sorry, sucks to suck. All right, so Tommy's retiring. Ivan, you asked me to clip this. An Anna's bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was Tommy setting the world record for briefest chuckle of all time. <laughs> like I like Elizabeth tells a joke and he he yeah, lets out a sound out of politeness <laughs> that he wants to get over with as quickly as possible <laughs> and move on. Oh let's let's listen again. An Anna's bath. <laughs> Sounds like you cut it off, but you didn't. I did not cut it off. That was the whole sound. Yeah, I mean, he he has no no time for humor or niceties. Like he he just wants to kind of power through that conversation. But you know, if if the queen makes a joke, you you better respond to it. I want to know who the funniest royal is because like I literally can't think of a single one. That's <laughs> funny. I mean, I thought you know Mary was funny. Oh, you know you're right. She was pretty funny. Unfortunately, they killed her for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it wasn't meant to be but we got regina so yeah oh, i can't believe you still have that maybe maybe I mean, charles or Anne will be funny they won't but i can hold David, out hope until i know 
<laughs> David's got some hysterical nicknames for people. Oh my god, his nickname. Yeah, but David David tries too hard to be funny. Queen he Mother does. Mary just was funny. Sometimes you just are, and then sometimes you're trying too hard. Although I again I, I still just think that Queen Mother Elizabeth is like just the funniest person by like just doing nothing. I just find her entire existence to be funny. Like she was just watching TV. I think that's all she does is just watch TV and um plot to ruin margaret's life like i think that's all she Wait, does okay. so, so wh why is it that you find uh elizabeth's lack of education so hopelessly tragic but with the queen mother it's hilarious well because she doesn't have to do anything anymore and i don't ever you know i get the impression that like when okay fine i watched the king's speech i get you get the impression that, like she used to do a lot but like now yeah, she just doesn't. She it's just interesting that she kind of does still have a lot of power because obviously she still has like an emotional grip over everyone. But like, why? <laughs> like, if you just took her as a person, I don't know. This is no shade against her. Like I said, I find her utterly charming. But I'm wondering this now because obviously when Elizabeth was like a child and going to school, no one thought that she was going to be the queen. Would her education have been different if they had known that she was actually going to be sitting on the uh, sitting on the throne? I'm, okay, I'm trying to do the math here. Like, so that flashback at the beginning of the episode at Eton College, or did was the that... abdication already happen by then? Oh wait, when was the? Am I getting my timeline mixed up? Maybe didn't the abdication happen in the 30s? I don't know. No, it World did. War II wasn't it... then. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, yeah, no, no, no. So if that. Wait, when was the Eden College flashback? Was it? I think it was 1940. So that's post abdication. So by then, Elizabeth already knows that she's going to be the monarch. Or I mean, everybody knows, really. But yeah, yeah. So she was being given the education that they deemed to be necessary for her. Got it. I I also suspect there's probably a little bit of sexism that plays into that. Like they probably just thought that math no. was too masculine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're. I, what is a feminine um academic subject? English? I don't even know. No, because there's a lot of man <laughs> men books. There's nothing. Maybe if you learned French, she probably knows French. That seems like something you would teach little girls in the 40s. One of uh, Liz's biggest insecurities is that the only thing she really knows are horses. <laughs> it's, bad. it's just horse class. She freely admits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, ma'am, I don't know anything about horses, so that's a step up. <laughs> and she latches on to like just the tiniest horse fact. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> like... Uh, the tutor says like one thing about horses and she's off. She's like, I can do this. I could talk about this all day, <laughs> all day. Like, iconic. Like I said, she's a, she's a horse girl and like, that's fine. If that's her personality. Like there are many other horse girls in this world who have done less than her. So she's like <laughs> top level horse girl. And I guess she also gets to be dog girl because she does know a lot about dogs and probably a lot about corgis, which like I wish I knew a lot about corgis and that could be my livelihood is just knowing about corgis and making lots of money to be able to live in the fancy house. Those two, if you're not queen, can't do it. I want to know how many corgis she has. Why haven't they established any canon facts about um, her having like 12 corgis? We've never seen more than like three at one time, right? We have not. But they're like throughout episode. the, but they're like throughout time. Are these the same corgis? Are they different corgis? I, I think they're different corgis like from scene to scene. <laughs> I guess it hasn't been that long for any corgis to have died, but I we haven't gotten any corgi funeral episodes, which like I feel like Elizabeth would do for her corgis, 
and we have not even had one where like she is petting corgis for more than like two seconds so um can i complain about that where where's the corgi content See, this is what this episode has reduced us to discussing. <laughs> you say that as if I'm not going to bring that up every single episode. Okay, I, I do want to talk about one bright spot in this episode uh, for me, which was the scene at the end with Winston when she's telling him off. And I, I you know, not really giving him like an ultimatum or, or like not even really a scolding. It's, it's just kind of like a little bit of everything. Um, but I, I did like that scene. I thought that that had, you know, the type of, heft and and you know just sharp writing that i've come to expect out of the crown that had been otherwise absent for the rest of the episode yeah that scene made me roll my eyes a little bit personally because i it was just winston mostly who made me roll my eyes because he tries to play it off like oh i can finally step down because i know that um you know i fulfilled your father's wish and you're ready to lead like dude we saw you have two heart attacks <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you. Like Winston is just a turd at this point. But like, I'm talking about Elizabeth specifically. Like Elizabeth, like you know, kind of uh, poise and delivery of, of that talking to. I, I think was just like spot on. She she nailed it. We we love Claire Foy being able to use her acting chops. This is the good. scene. I feel like we we could have gotten this if the sun hadn't come out that one day. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> They just needed to delay this for like another episode. They were like, how can we fill time? We can give uh, Elizabeth an episode about how much she uh, doesn't know. Again, like if I was in the writer's room, this would 100% be the episode I would pick. Can we talk about those two heart attacks for a second? Because I feel like we've kind of glossed over them. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> Strokes, heart attacks. Just, yeah. just like he oh, did. Oh, sorry, the strokes. Yeah. Um, Wait, what were they? What kind I of old man right. like were crisis were they? But Why wasn't he affected more by these strokes? Don't, doesn't that affect your body? He seemed okay. Like, not okay, but, like, kind of okay. I don't know. It's like he has a stroke, and then his wife and Bobbity come back, and they're like, you should rest, but also good news. And he's like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's wonderful news! <laughs> Immediately has another stroke. <laughs> See, I I just... How is he alive? I, I don't know. And... His wife is just like, I, I can't even with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, she represents us all. What else do we have to talk about? I mean, Martin, feel bad for the guy. I feel like his wife totally screwed him over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if she hadn't done that, we can probably presume that he would be Queen Elizabeth's private secretary. I, well, hold, hold on, hold on. I, I, I'm not ready to assign blame to her because, like, you know, yes, she decided that she wanted to see that tree trimmed down, but it's not like she was the one sending the, the gardeners over there. Like, that must have been something that he pushed the button on, right? I don't know how that works. I think that, so. I mean, yeah, I feel like he said that he was the one who pushed the button on it, but, you know, he's in a tough spot. He can either... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's all Martin's fault. Like he, he should have known that like, hey, let's hold off on like the landscaping until we actually move in. But instead, he was just as overzealous a, as she was. And I, 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 I put blame on Martin, not his wife. You know, that was his test. Like if you try to trim the tree, then you don't get the job. Because I, I, that seems like some indication of how he would have done as like a private secretary if he was too, too zealous. I don't know. It's like if someone points out that you have like something sticking out of your nose but then you pick your nose whose fault is it that you picked your nose you know <laughs> wait no that's not the same thing at all 
no. Okay, we're, we're done. Let's wrap it up. Kinky Crown Award. Oh my god. Um. So there was, you know, I don't remember who said this line, but um, maybe no, it was Winston. I think it was Winston. Winston and Anthony, them like going like, I I still I still like to have you say it again. Like say you need me. Wow, iconic. Yeah, I there's mean, a couple in this episode. That actually. was that was this one again. <sighs> yes, all right. Yes, I need you there, Anthony. I think we're all agreed. I need you. <laughs> it's just so wow, wow. John, John Lithgow's deliveries uh, in this episode were vintage, vintage <laughs> John Lithgow. So good. What do you got, Sam? I, Yo, mean, yeah. I, I, I always have several. Ivan, do you have any that you want to put forward first? By the time you're done, I won't have anything left. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, I have Queen Elizabeth saying that she prefers the younger man. I have Professor Hogg actually says this. He says, a good dressing down from nanny is what they want most in life. Um, oh, yeah. Them being old men. And mm-hmm. then uh, the obvious one is... Uh, she could get on her knees. That was, that was what I had. All good choices, I feel like. Is it possible to nominate just the name Professor Hogg? <laughs> <laughs> How many do we have? I think that would be five. That's, do that. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. just the name itself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ivan. Let's start with you. Where are you? Where are you leaning? Uh, I I hate this. I <laughs> uh, I guess I will. I'll just go with the overt blowjob uh, request. Um, I I hated that scene, but I I think I was supposed to. I I, I don't know. I, I'll go with that. All right, Carlin. What about you? Well, see, I think that um, some Matt Smith band girls found that very hot, and that makes me angry in a way I can't really understand or want to unpack. So wait, I'm, I'm going to have to explain that. Explain. There's that. some Matt Smith fan girls who were like, "That was really hot." Like, because oh, come like on. you looked, at, you saw that online. Like there was no. I just about it? I can sense it. I I know how fan girls <laughs> work. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. You are you are condemning behavior that you're condemning behavior that you don't know for a fact occurred, but no, you can I, imagine it. That's fine. You know what? I was on Tumblr during the um the Doctor Who like craze. I don't oh remember God. what those people were oh like. God, no, reference? if you're one of those people, like fine. Like I don't have any problems with you. I probably have really bad fan fiction opinions too. But like I just like to think that there's someone out there who thought that scene was really hot. And for that person, I cannot vote for that. So I'm going to vote for Anthony and Winston. And that was the end of my story. Oh, man. See, the thing is, I don't really want to vote for the blowjob because it just made me feel so uncomfortable. And I also feel like given the track record of these polls on Twitter, I feel like Winston is likely to win the fan vote. (laughs) Just based on (laughs) the fact that whenever he's in the poll, he wins. So I'm in a real tough position. I think that I am going to, I'm going to go with Professor Hogg um, and specifically his line about getting a good dressing down from Nanny. Um, And I think that means, I feel like for the first official time, we're going to the wheel. Or I guess this is the second time. Are we going to the wheel? Let's go. Second time we're going to the wheel? No, 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 we're not. I'm I'm going to change my vote vote to that line as well. <laughs> oh wow! All right, that was a close call. We almost had a wheel moment, but the oh, wheel man. will have to wait. Okay, I respect this. I respect Professor Hogg. But Carlin, I feel like you can be fairly confident that Winston and Anthony will get some recognition on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> he really wins a lot. 
he wins too much on Twitter, honestly. I love our fans. <laughs> we're, we're now we're making it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like the more you you egg people on about it, the more they're just going to reinforce that. I mean, Clem almost won. I'm okay. Sort with, of. That's true. I'm okay with it because you know I feel like Winston doesn't have long for this universe. He's had. <laughs> two two strokes already like let's just get all the winston kinks out of out of the way um and then you know i'm assuming season two we can move on we'll see yeah yeah i don't know i don't know anything about these the the history of these people (laughs) (laughs) all right carlin what did we learn in this episode i mean i learned that math is undignified and i'm gonna use that as an excuse whenever i personally cannot do math so thank you, the Royals in Eaton College. Fair enough. Ivan, what about you? Anything you learned? Uh... <laughs> uh, no, I've learned as little as Elizabeth. <laughs> Ivan, I can tell you what I didn't learn. I did not learn whether or not I should watch Downton Abbey. So... <laughs> <laughs> this again? <laughs> I still can't tell where you're falling on this. Oh... Like, My should goodness. I watch it? Uh, uh, sh- should you watch it? Um, yeah. You know what? Go ahead. See, but that go ahead doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement. Okay, whatever. No, no, because at this point, if you hate it, like, good. You you deserve to <laughs> with, with the harsh treatment you've given me. Carlin, have you watched Down Abbey? No. <laughs> Wait, really? All right. We got to watch Down to Abbey. Oh, no. See, we have to, or we should want to. It's very unclear. <laughs> okay, let me. Okay, let me explain to you how low the stakes of Downton Abbey are. So you had six seasons of the show, and then a movie that came out a couple years later. The movie, the plot of the movie, was that the king and queen were going to visit Downton Abbey, have dinner, and stay the night there. That that's it. <laughs> that that's the premise of the movie. The entire movie re- revolves around like the staff uh, and the family of Downton getting this royal visit ready, and then you, the visit happens, and then they you know have like a ballroom dance party, and like that's the movie. Like they have a rave. That's Downton Abbey. <laughs> Who's uh? Oh who God. do you stand more, Maggie Smith or uh, Queen Mother Elizabeth? Oh, good question. Um, this is blasphemy, but I actually don't think that the Maggie Smith character in Downton is as awesome as everybody says she is. Ooh, which is like, hot take. It's a that is a controversial opinion. That is a a scolding hot take. I know. I have a good like thing you're planning on getting of off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But you know, but she is by and far a far more interesting and entertaining character than the queen mother so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to dame maggie smith here cool any any closing thoughts here you know on season one episode seven knowledge is power knowledge is power (laughs) yeah i I don't got anything cool all right well that i think should then take us to a close this has been a fun one i feel like we went off the rails a little bit but that's fine Um, in a good way in a good way yeah Ivan, are you are you officially off Twitter at this point in time? Okay, so I've I've got an anecdote to share. Oh, okay, so, please. I am not off Twitter, but I did delete my Facebook over this past weekend. Oh yeah, uh, which was a, a first step in kind of just weaning off social media. Um, and the thing that did it was like a post from a friend of mine in high school that was like super super self righteous, something about parenting. 
And it made me roll my eyes so hard that I decided to seize on the inspiration of the moment and just delete Facebook before <laughs> I ever had second thoughts about it. So I'm off Facebook now. Step one. Nice. And how did how did you feel deleting Facebook? It's funny. So so like I, I heard this recent musing about how like your idea and desire to do something can only get you so far. You have to have some intense inspiration to kind of follow through with it. I was already kind of like, premeditated to delete Facebook for a long time now. I just never had that like intense moment of inspiration to just kind of like pull through with it. And and this post from this old high school friend that made me roll my eyes so hard. Like I, I knew the moment that I saw it and the way that it made me feel that it was going to be such a fleeting <laughs> sensation that I needed to sneeze on it. And yeah, the rest is history. And do you feel like more free now? Uh, no, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> The, the world's still burning and, and there's still plenty of other distractions. I, I feel like I, I've left the suburbs of the internet, but I, I'm still in the, the burning metropolis. So do you want to plug your Twitter so people can shoot their Maggie Smith thoughts at you? Uh, better that I don't, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ivan is generally around, um, if you know where to look. Uh, Carlin, <laughs> where can people find you on the social media? Um, Twitter at Carlin Greenwald, Instagram, at Carlin underscore G-E-E. And will you be deleting your Facebook anytime soon? I, I can't. All my, like, school uses Facebook Messenger, so, I mean, I could probably delete my Facebook and use the Messenger, but I just don't want to do it. Like, I just don't want to bother, so, nah, not yet. Fair Zuckerberg enough. still owns me. It's fine. <laughs> um, all right, and you can find me at Sir Sam Chung on Twitter, uh, the best place to reach us, though, is at uh, the Crowning Around Twitter account. Uh, that is at Crown Around Pod. Uh, so coming up here uh, at Paginated Media next Tuesday, we'll be back with another episode of The Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. And then Thursday, uh, a week from today, we'll be back with another episode of Crowning Around, in which we will talk about uh, Season 1, Episode 8, entitled Pride and Joy, uh, you can find all of our episodes at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash crowning around or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you then. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. God save the queen. God, God save, save the queen. The queen. The queen.